0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, November 25th, 2020, the day before Thanksgiving. And I know we're all anxious about many things, but. The pandemic and how we deal with it when the vaccines are released will determine in great part the path forward for all of us. I suspect that for many of us, Thanksgiving celebrations are going to be a little subdued, a little different this year. I know for us it is. Uh, In the meantime, life goes on and we have to plan for our future as best we can. But yes, there is certainly a market that is volatile that that's going to continue for a little while but notice it's been a lot of up volatility lately not down everybody thinks volatility when i say volatile i think many people in their mind say oh no the market's going to go down that's not true i'm talking about up and down well in a in a in a more uh exaggerated way as opposed to a normal steady method so when I say there's going to be a lot of volatility, I mean there's going to be a lot of up and down. And the trend could be down or the trend could be up in a volatile market. But when I say that, I think by next year sometime, maybe in the middle of next year, I don't think, well, I think the volatility will calm down. We'll have a much calmer market. But we'll see. We'll see. Well, no one really knows, you know. Uh, I'm basing this on experience. That's what I'm basing on. I know what's happened in past markets, and I know it caused these things, and I just, you know, think that that same event's going to continue, because people are the same. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program and podcast, I'm going to do my best, as I do every day, to give you unbiased answers as simple and clear as I can. It's all about, all 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 the questions have to be investment or financial questions, and I'll be happy to answer them. And of course, we all want to know what's going to go up and what's going to go down. What's the big market mover? What should we look for? Everybody wants to know that, right? So think about that. When you're looking for that special company or companies that's going to make you a lot of money, everybody else is doing the same thing. They're your competitors. That's where the competition comes from. So, you're, and people think don't don't think you're not competing. You are competing. You're competing with me, you're competing with other investors, we're all trying to find the next big thing. That doesn't mean you won't be successful by the way, it doesn't. You can be pretty successful and not be a professional. Don't think you can't, you can. So I just want you to realize that it is a competition that you're dealing with, that we're all dealing with. So how'd the market do today? Well. It was mixed. The Dow was down 173. Now remember, Monday and Tuesday was up pretty big. The Nasdaq was up 58 and the SP was down 6. So that would be a mixed market day. And so tomorrow's a holiday. And then Friday, I think it's a half day. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. For the market. Okay. So that's what the market did today. Not really telling us much. Uh, we'll get a better picture of earnings. I think this quarter earnings will probably be not very impressive because of the, you know, the restrictions they're putting on some of the states. Uh, so like here in California, you know, they're doing, uh, uh, you can't, you know, the restaurants closing again or at least outdoor dining in many places and they have some stupid and I say stupid because I mean it's stupid, Uh, 10 o'clock curfew here in California. I'm thinking, curfew what? Restaurants are half closed. Bars aren't open. What are you curfewing? Anyways, curfew. And there's no evidence whatsoever that a curfew does anything for COVID. Anything. So I don't get it. But that's me. I guess I'm a little... Less fearful of the vac- of the virus than other people, and I realize that. I, I mean, everybody has their own opinion. I, okay, I, I and I don't, I don't not take precautions. I take precautions, uh, but you know, some people are very very afraid of it, and I can understand that. And they have the right to take care of themselves, and I think they should. So that's what the market did today. So why don't we go ahead and get to our first caller? Hi, Justin.
2: Hey, this is Sharon calling from Colorado. My question is about B2 Gold Corporation. Ticker is Boy Tom Good. It is a metal and mining gold company based out of Canada. And uh, normally I wouldn't consider this because it's pretty close to being less than $5 a share. But that being said, I'm really intrigued with it. So I just want to know what your thoughts are. It looks like there is some political risk, but The price is very, very good, and there is some possibility for some real growth. So I just want to know what your thoughts are. And, again, thank you so much. Love the show, and keep up the good work.
1: Okay. it's uh, BTG is a symbol. It's B2 Gold Corporation, B, the number two gold corporation, headquartered in Vancouver. It's a Canadian company engaged in gold mining in Nicaragua, Namibia, and the Philippines. So they don't mine in Canada. They mine in foreign countries, and that's where your your exposure is, your higher-risk exposure, because you just don't know how stable those countries are. I'm talking about governments and whether they allow this or not, and foreign ownership of their, you know, this is very common. Smaller countries, third-world countries, when a foreigner owns their mineral rights of any kind, And there's change in politics there, you could easily lose those rights. So that's that's a good fear to have when you do investigate these kinds of companies. Having said that, it's a $5.31 stock, going to make $0.55 a share, so it's under 10 P.E. Return equity is decent, not great, but 13%, not bad. Hardly any debt, which is very good. And sales growth of sales is very good. 50, 44, 68 and 57% in the last three quarters. So those things are very good. So yeah you could take the chance that stock has fallen off excuse me like gold has fallen off uh, because the dollar has done nothing uh, hasn't risen the dollar's risen so that's not why the gold the, the, the uh, gold has fallen off. The gold has fallen off because I think fear has been reduced dramatically in our economy about this COVID thing. So but I do think it's at a very near support. Strong supports right around five dollars for this stock. Very strong support. I don't think it's gonna go below that. So if you wanted to take a chance on it, this would be a place to take a chance. Okay. Listen to Invest Talk, I'm Steve Peasley and we are moving quickly through the fourth quarter. As you know, we're over halfway through that. Thanksgiving is tomorrow and then Christmas will follow that next minute next month. The market is still aware of a degree of uncertainty that causes volatility. So we should all be trying to do a better job of managing our fears and man, then managing the risk in the portfolio. And one of the ways you can manage your fear is by managing the risk. So you always, you always wanna reduce your exposure to risky assets to make sure that you feel comfortable. We should talk about that more. Your participation your participation in the show is very important, so we ask that you give us a call, live, 888-99-CHART.
3: The fourth quarter is moving fast. There's an autumn chill in the air and uncertainty in the markets. So you've got finance and investment questions for Steve and Justin and the phone lines never close. Call Invest Talk.
1: 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you, ask any questions you want. And as you know, I love to the listeners' questions, I really do, and I like them both live and recorded. You know, call anytime you want. You can ask any question financially you want. And of course, uh, live is good, Emilio's in San Francisco. How you doing, Emilio's? Uh, hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Uh, i got to
4: say, of all the times I've listened to you, the years I've been listening to you, I've yeah. never heard you get emotional like today. It's like stupid. Yeah,
1: I, have, I don't think I've ever used <laughs> that you're, word.
4: You're very reasonable. You're always, you know, uh, and what I love about you is your
1: calm and... and classic, I, I, but, uh, I try uh, to be fair. I really do try to be fair. <laughs> But you know, amelios, a five o'clock curfew, is that really gonna help? Really? Uh, uh no. Does there any evidence of anybody do a study about that or anything? No. And I just think that's <laughs> foolish. I don't I don't know. Anyway, that's just me. You know.
4: Oh uh, no, no problem. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh my question is uh, having been listening to you about value stocks how Yes. Uh, that, that that they're going to be worth more would, would that be reflected in in the Russell two thousand or one thousand if uh, I, if I was to buy an index? No, no the, the Russell. No,
1: no, no, The Russell two thousand is uh, is full of growth stocks. That's almost all growth stocks. Uh, a small cap growth. So no, the Russell two thousand. Uh. There is an index, a value index, and I'm trying to remember it. Uh, there is a value index that. Focus is on, on value stocks. But you would be more served, you, you would be more served for value looking for the bigger companies. Just not the bigger tech companies.
4: So, can I ask you, is it possible to ask you for one? You're in sure. trouble. No, go I, ahead.
1: No, uh-uh.
0: go ahead.
4: In other words, with, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, be a Bank of America, uh, be a value stock, or I—I I, kind of. I, okay, I get...
1: listen, yeah. Let's look at Bank of America. I kind of like Bank of America as a value play at this point. I will say that. Let's take a look at it because I was looking at it today, by the way. Um, BAC is a symbol, everybody. Okay, so it's going to make a dollar seventy-five this year, and then two dollars eleven cents next year, and the stock is trading at twenty-nine dollars. Okay. When it in the 2016-17 area, when it was making a dollar fifty to a dollar eighty, the stock price was thirty dollars. Okay, now it's going to make two dollars eleven cents, so it should be above thirty, right? But you're really betting on the future for these kind of companies. And what does the future look like for Bank of America? I think that you know the 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 P range is seven to seventeen. And if you give, uh, at a 10 PE, that's 20. So it's, it's not super cheap, Emilios. It's just, it's not overvalued. And if you wanted a, uh, you wanted this, this you want, needed a bank stock, Bank of America is the one to look at. And plus you know, Warren Buffett bought more in the last quarter, right? Of Bank of America. So, uh, I like Bank of America as a possibility. I, I, I'd look at the other, other ones too. Wells Fargo and the competitor Citigroup and check out their valuations too. Okay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks, Emilius. 888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. My focus point today. One strategist says emerging markets could break to all time highs. You remember the last high it made? That was way back in 2007, by the way. Emerging markets. So, and, it, and it all relates to a weaker dollar. Weaker dollar translates to a stronger emerging markets. Okay. So that's coming up on the show. I will give you my view on this story shortly. Other topics I might want to talk about today, if we can get to it. How about Dow 30,000? It touched it. It touched it. Is it? Do you remember in March it was 19,000? So I want to talk about that a little bit. Buying a car on Black Friday. Is that a good idea? And GM versus Tesla. GM versus Tesla. Who do you think will win that battle? This is going to be interesting. Tesla or GM? And those are the things we're going to discuss, everybody. But, of course, you know, as I say, it's always you first. What's on your mind? What do you guys want to talk about? Uh, I'd like talking about anything financial Insurance, you wanna talk about insurance? I had many years of insurance, all about insurance. And i just let you know, I've never bought collision insurance since my second, my, my, the first car I did, the second car I did not, and never bought collision insurance since. You wanna ask me why? You can't do that if you finance a car, but why are you financing your car? Uh-huh. Save up your money and pay cash. You're listening to Invest Talk, I'm Steve Peasley and we're headed into a break. The market will be closed tomorrow for Thanksgiving, but we've got some special best of caller questions for you. The program set up for Thursday and Friday. And by now I'm I'm here taking your calls. 888 99 chart.
3: you heard about Riskalyze. It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com.
1: 888-992-4278. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Let's talk to uh, Ray in Los Angeles. How you doing, Ray? Doing well, Steve. How are you? I'm good. I appreciate the call. I do.
4: Uh, thank you. Um, just a quick question. I um, I hear a lot about uh, allocating a portion of your portfolio to uh, not only stocks but bonds as well. Um, uh-huh. I heard like usually good balance of about. 70% stocks, 30% bonds, or somewhere around there is usually a good idea. But um, people always talk about stocks. I was wondering, could you go into a little bit more detail about what bonds are and then maybe some ways that you like to track them or maybe even get into them?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, when you talk about a a balanced portfolio of bonds and stocks, it's really, you know, one of the common themes is 70-30 or 60-40 or even 50-50. But it all depends on how much risk you want to take. Bonds reduce risk. It's a different asset class than stocks and a lot less volatile. But you still can lose money in bonds. Don't think you can't. But if you buy a bond at par, you collect the interest that it pays, and it's, it matures at par. So it can be very safe in that way if you hold it to par. So now, what are bonds? Bonds are nothing more. there's are different kinds of bonds. There's, it's, it's They're much more complex than stocks, believe it or not. You can have corporate bonds, you can have government bonds, state bonds, county bonds, municipal bonds. You can have federal bonds, and you can buy junk corporate bonds or, or higher quality corporate bonds. And the junk pays more interest than the higher quality. And they call them investor grade and junk bonds. And there's all kinds of things to worry about with a bond. So it's not you know the main thing if you're going to buy a corporate bond is the the company that's issued the bond because that's the company can produce money three ways. One, it can issue bonds. So it'll say, well, gee, I need some money. I want to build a new factory. I want to build buy a competitor. So I need some cash. So I'll issue bonds to the public, and people will buy my bonds, and it gives me a lot of money, and then I'll go do something with it. That's one way a company can raise cash. They can also borrow money. From a bank, go to the bank, hey, I want to borrow a billion dollars, you know, uh, how much is it going to cost me? Or they can issue more shares of stock and produce more money. And then, of course, when they do that, that dilutes all the other existing owners of that stock, dilutes their ownership. But those are the three ways. So bonds are used to produce money for companies. Um, and, and right now, interest rates are so low, it's a pretty darn good way to do it. If you want to pay off, let's say you've been around like GM or some other company forever and you have bonds that are paying 7% to people and you want to get rid of, you want to buy those bonds out and issue new bonds at 3%. Well, if they were callable bonds, you could do that. So you have non-callable bonds and callable bonds. So, Ray, what I'm saying is bonds get very complex. They can get very complex. So it's not, so it's just not, well, I'll just go buy a bond. Uh, you got to kind of know what you're doing. And that's why a lot of people buy a bond fund or a bond ETF. And I don't think that's a very good idea. I'd rather see you buy the individual bonds. But I don't know if we can go into that. It's just a complex situation. Maybe you should call call me in the office and we can sit down and have a half hour, 45 minute discussion about it. I'd be happy to do that. Okay, my focus point today one strategist says emerging markets could break to all-time highs. Uh, could that be correct? And I think he is. I think it could be very correct. What it has to depend on is the direction of the dollar. Okay. Uh, the all-time high was made in 2007 for emerging markets. And you can buy an emerging market position through ETF, EEM, EEM. It's an emerging market ETF. And so you don't have to worry about well, what stocks are in where, and are they traded here? Do I have to go to some foreign country to buy them? No, you can buy an ETF emerging markets. Mind you, the the cost, uh, the manage the emerging market funds is a little bit more than American made funds because they got to go to foreign stock exchange to buy those stocks, you know, the emerging market. So, so if the dollar, and you can look at the dollar on a chart by. Another ETF, UUP, if that dollar, looking at the chart, falls, virgin markets will go up, and they will continue to go up. Now, the dollar has been trading pretty much sideways for since August, but it's at near its high today. It's very close to its all-time, I mean, near its low today, very close to its long-term low today. Uh, so, the dollar is still struggling. Now, what would make the dollar weak? Well, if we shut down our economy, our economy, you know, that would make it weak. If we issue a lot more debt, that would make it weak. What would make it strong? If the economy recovers, that would make it strong. So, currencies trade against each other, you know. So, what's strong, what's weak, depends, depends. Now, as we have all seen, COVID nineteen pandemic has dramatically curtailed airline passenger traffic in the United States. Not too many people. Find. I think they said Thanksgiving forty percent of the travelers this year than last year for Thanksgiving. Okay, but uh, so my this is my trivia question. In two thousand nineteen, how many passengers, on average per day, were transported on U.S. airlines? This is two thousand nineteen, everybody, not this year. And what percentage of GDP? Gross Domestic Product, did the aviation industry contribute to the U.S. economy in 2019? So how big of an industry is it to our economy? I'll have the answers after the break. For now, my phone lines are open. I encourage you to give me a call,
5: 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with Hacker One's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com.
3: This is Invest On, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278.
1: 888-992-4278. Okay, I asked a trivia question. Every day, 2019, FAA's air traffic organization, ATO, provided service to more than 45,000 flights, 45,000 flights, 2.9 million airline passengers. That ends so in 2020, I can tell you that. The aviation industry was responsible for approximately 5.2% of GDP for the U.S. economy in 2019, so 5% of the economy is aviation-related. Here's some more interesting facts, though. In the U.S., there is 19,633 airports. Of that, only 5,082 are public. The rest are private. There are 21 air traffic control centers, 21 of them. There are 14,000 air traffic controllers, 14,000. At any given dime or minute during peak operation times, almost 5,400 flights are en route. So any given time, there's 5,400 planes up in the air. I thought that was pretty interesting. And here's a bonus question. In 2019, how many pounds of freight were moved within the United States? 44 billion, 500 million pounds. It's a lot of poundage moving around. That's just freight, not people. 888-99-CHART again is our number. Let's go to Saeed in Oakland. How you doing, Saeed?
4: Uh, hello, Steve. Uh, uh, um, you Thanksgiving.
1: Thank you. you. You too. I hope you have, have a great them. one.
0: Thank you. I have a
4: question about a company called uh, Neo, a
0: uh-huh.
4: Chinese company. They make Tesla car. like No, like a electric car. Yes, and I'm interested to uh, buying the stock was like fifty one dollars this morning, and end up like fifty three dollars and eighty cents. So correct, uh, uh, it's a good buy right now. And I also want to know what's the moving average, like the fifty days moving average for this company, and and is, is it like uh, outperform or like underperform in the sector?
1: Okay, well it's outperforming. It's a fairly new company. It came out in September. It's a Chinese. Manufacturer and sells electric vehicles and parts. They had a big deal with GM. Uh, there was a deal that they put together with GM and that's one, that's when it really started taking off. And it's really spiked. You know, I mean, in a month has went from 25 to 53. Okay. So <laughs> that tells you, you know, doubled in a month. So you got to be careful, Said. You're chasing the performance here. The, the, the 100 day moving average. Is around, uh, I'm sorry, the 50 day moving average is $31.20. The 200 day moving average is $13.72. That tells you how far it's tripled in a year. But, you know, so it's, it's done it's actually done more than that. So, uh, it's not a good value. It doesn't make money. It's not going to make money this year. Not going to make money next year. It hasn't ever made money. But it's, you know, everybody's thinking it is like Tesla. And I don't know if you can make that kind of comparison. But I don't know. Um, I, I think, you know, you got to really look at, well, what boosted this company? GM, well, why that happened? Why? And I, that's one of my talking points, GM versus Tesla. I mean, Tesla is up huge, up about 500, uh, it's up about 500 and over 500% this year, Tesla. Tesla. It's a 500 billion dollar company, super expensive. Okay, <clears throat> GM is a 66 billion dollar company, sells thousands of tens of thousands of more cars than Tesla, but they're only 66 billion. GM is coming out, coming out with 30 electric vehicles, 30 electric vehicle models by 2025. Five years from now, they'll have 30 different models from what three, from about $30,000 to well over $100,000, these different models. So who's going to be the big electric vehicle company as far as sales numbers? It's going to, it's not going to, and you know, who is it? I think, yeah, it's Volkswagen in a few years is not even going to sell anything, but I think it was Volkswagen, anything but electric cars. So, uh, you know, you gotta be careful of these types of stocks. Yes, it's great while it's moving, and while it's in the upward trend, you could ride the trend. But it's gonna collapse at some point. I just don't know where. Tesla maybe not collapse. I don't know. But, Neo, I think, is pretty dangerous. Thanks, Nia. Thanks, Saeed. I appreciate the call. Thank you. 888-99 chart. 888 Dow 30,000. It touched it before i falling back. Uh, and in March, just a reminder, was nineteen thousand in March. So that's you know it's gone up eleven thousand points. Now the Dow consists of companies that make things, okay, big companies that make things like you know Boeing and Caterpillar and 3M. Okay, they're they're probably more of the boring kind of stocks as opposed to the Nasdaq, which is all the growth stocks. So. Is it can it continue higher? I'm I I, I positive it will. I know it will. It's gonna go higher. You know, if the stock market sees a broader economic recovery and a sustainable one, then but the markets are gonna go higher. Dow's gonna be higher. Simple as that. But think when you think of the Dow member, it's only thirty stocks at Dow thirty. It's only thirty. Think of big big uh Companies that make things, you know, but there's, you know, in big, there's insurance companies, there, there are different kinds of companies in there, but I want you to think if you're going to buy an index fund of the Dow, just know the types of companies you're buying, right? Okay? And that, least that, when you look for diversification in your portfolio and you know what the indexes track, then you can get diversification through indexes without a lot of duplication. For instance, if you buy the S&P 500 and you buy the Dow, I guarantee you every, 30, every stock in the Dow is in the S&P 500. This way it works. So you're overlapping that. So just be aware of it. Not bad. It's just something that you need to understand that's what you're doing. Okay? Okay, let's go to Joe in Maine, streaming live. Joe?
4: Hey there, Steve. Uh, I've been was- listening for about a year, I love the show. Um,
0: Thank
4: you. I just had a quick had a quick question. I actually heard the ticker mentioned on the show um, within the past month. It, the REIT um, AHT uh, it took a tumble today. Um, I had entered a, a small position or started one when I heard it mentioned. So I just wanted to know uh, what your opinion on it. I mean, looking looking at the chart, you know, like on a mm-hmm. yearly basis, pretty beat up, but.
1: Right. Okay, this is Ashford Hospitality, everybody. Ashford Hasp- Hospitality. It's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, that invests in hotel properties, uh, loans, middle market loans, uh, means on mortgages and financing, and sell leasebacks. So it's not just in, uh, in ho- properties. It's on financing properties and things like that. They're going to lose $23 a share this year. Now, they've always made money up until this year. Last 2019, they made $12 a share. Next year, they're going to lose $6.32. So it's going to be, because of that crazy up and down in earnings and in sales, by the way, it's going to be very volatile on you. It's going to be very volatile. Has it hit a bottom? I think it has. It's $2.98 stock. It's a $43 million stock. So it's very, very small. It's not quite a penny stock, but it's close to it. And penny stocks are very volatile. So they, they do have a lot of lo- long, of debt out, but that's because they do that loaning business. So they do carry a lot of debt. So should you buy it? I think you can buy it if you want to ride the ride. I mean, it went from a dollar something to four dollars in one day back on the ninth, I think it was November ninth. <clears throat> that's how volatile it can go. That's a three 400% move in one day. So, Joe, you got to be prepared for that kind of ride at this stage. Appreciate the call. Thank you. A H T is a symbol. A H T. 888 99 chart. So, let's go grab another voicemail voicemail question. And remember, 888 99 chart is a number.
2: Hello, my name is Paige. I'm calling from Sunnyvale, California. I'm calling about the stock China Mobile Limited with the ticker symbol CHL. Last week, someone called about this stock and Steve gave it a thumbs up for a good dividend. And then another um, investment newsletter I get also recommended it for the dividend. However, this stock was included in the list of stocks that President Trump said could not be invested in, in his executive order recently. And so I'm curious how that affects your recommendation about this stock. I looked online, and I really couldn't discern what will happen to this stock if it is delisted because of his executive order. Will I just continue to hold the stock? Does the stock, is it guaranteed to fall precipitously because of being delisted, et cetera? Right now, it is definitely falling, but the dividend looks great. And since two people I trust recommended it, I'd really like to know if I should keep buying or be scared off by this executive order. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Well, I would normally be scared off by an executive order, but we're changing administrations from Trump to Biden. Biden is going to be, I think, a lot less strict than Trump was. I don't think he's going to be easy. I don't think he'll undo all the Trump things that Trump did against China, you know, because, you know, they did provide us with the COVID-19, and they are our competitors, and Biden knows that. I mean it's obvious so will but he will uh, he said just the other day that there'll be a number of executive orders that trump has put in that will be unwound so um I don't know if you should fear that at this point I, I don't think I would um you know you got t- it's a 124 billion dollar company it's not, you're not it's not fearful because the is small that's not the problem and let's say it gets delisted from our account our our stock exchange. Okay, well, it's an ADR, American Depository Receipt, meaning a big financial institution owns the shares and they package them and sell them to us as an ADR. So you own those shares. You still own them even if they are delisted. Do you realize that? Just because it's delisted doesn't mean it's not trading. It might trade on the pink sheets. There's some big companies on the pink sheets. So it's not. I, I don't think. It's, I don't think you need to be that fearful of it, of a delisting if that happens. Okay. And again, China Mobile is a telephone company, the one, the Hong Kong-based largest digital wireless voice and data services company, over uh, a billion people, about a billion people, nine hundred. Yeah, nine hundred fifty million customers. Um, you're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to explore the financial investment information we have posted on our website. I would appreciate that. It's at investtalk.com. And you can learn more about the different programs that we have. We have one called uh, Just One Equity, which is a pure stock play. All it does is buy stocks. It doesn't do anything fancy. It buys and owns stocks. And remember, I buy the same things for myself as I do for our clients in these programs exact same percentage, same time, same price, everything, so that I'm riding along with my clients. I think that's a fair way to do it. I've been doing it for, (laughs) ever since I've been doing this, so forever, just, you know, some people are just now doing it, and I'm thinking, yeah, uh a little late. Now, if you're serious about achieving financial freedom, and you want to reach that goal, and you want to talk about it, you can call me or Justin Klein at KPP Financial. We'll be happy to discuss it with you. So, please call. Or just send me an email. You can hit the Contact Us button at investtalk.com. The email comes directly to our desk, Justin or mine. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART.
3: This is Invest Talk. You can get your free Invest Talk podcast downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or InvestTalk.com. I am a big fan of your podcast, and I just got started with it. Be sure to tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk and encourage them to listen, rate, and review. The anytime listener lines never close. Steve and Justin are waiting for your questions.
1: 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Like to talk to you. You know, it's very. You know, I don't know if you know this, but you know, we manage money for clients, and we use a, a our our custodian is TD Ameritrade, and TD Ameritrade was bought by uh, Schwab almost little, about two years ago now, and by next year, I think all the TD Ameritrade accounts for everybody that have them out there, including ours, will become Schwab accounts. I think that's the route it's gonna take. Um, so they're not gonna stand independently. And when they do combine, that's gonna be only beneficial for the custo, for us clients who have our accounts with them. My clients and myself. So it's a good idea. It's very easy to set up a client, set up a, a new account. I mean, you can do it all in line. TD is very techy and it's very simple. So something you might want to consider. Um, should you be buying a car on Black Friday? you think that's a good idea? Now, you know, they've been having a lot of Black Friday sales way before Black Friday. They don't want the crowds because of COVID. So all these different stores have been having all kinds of sales. But should you buy a car that way? We'll talk about that. This is Invest.com. am Steve Peasley. And then we have one goal here. It's always the same. And that's to help you achieve financial freedom. Whatever that is defined for you because everybody's different. One person may not want may define it as a few hundred thousand, another person maybe 10 million. Depends on you, what you spend, how much you earn. So we'll help you with that and we'll continue right after the break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART.
3: This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and
4: Justin. My name is Steve calling in from Mission Viejo, California. My question today is about gold, more specifically, of my overall portfolio,
1: what percentage should I be looking to hold in gold? Thanks. Hey, I lived in 18 years of Mission Viejo. Now I'm in San Juan Capistrano, just down the street south. Uh, Gold, what percentage should it be in your portfolio? I'm saying um, I would have at least 10%. That'd be my minimum. Maybe no more than 15 16%. That kind of range is what I would do. Um, why? Why? Because I think the dollar is going to get weaker. And the dollar weakness means gold will go higher. Why do I think the dollar is going to get weaker? Because the government is going to print a lot more money, a few more trillion dollars in debt to get us out of this COVID slump. Okay? And so when they do that, that probably will weaken the dollar also i think uh the with the vaccines coming our economy will get stronger but so will the world economy so will other currencies remember currencies trade against each other so just because we're going to recover in our economy doesn't mean the dollar will go up people might be taking a closer look at our debt which is skyrocketed and that's no one's talking about it no one's really worried about the debt But I'm worried about the debt. Okay, so should you buy a car on Black Friday? Uh, The answer is, well, probably not. Not the best time to do it. But they are making car companies, especially the bigger companies that have a finance arm, they're making very good deals on leased vehicles. Why do you think that's the case? This is why. Because most people buy a car... They when they they look at how how much is my payment, not exactly how much the car is going to cost, and that's more true when you lease a car. So the 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 the, uh, the dealers make more money on lease cars because they make money on the cost of the loan as well as the value of the car. You don't negotiate the price. You just worry about well how much is it going to cost me a month. Now, that doesn't mean you don't worry about it at all but they've found in study after study that people are not nearly as concerned about the price when they lease the car. So they can ask they can get better they meaning the dealer uh, where else you're buying the car from. They make more money on the lease based on the value of the car. So that's what I, I and I have been I have been buying my cars forever. Uh and I've always paid cash. Except for the first one. My first one was a nineteen fifty nine VW Volkswagen. It was really old and it was really bad. It cost me four hundred ninety five dollars. Believe me, was, this was in the nineteen sixty eight or sixty nine. <laughs> so I I borrowed I don't know how much, of my, about $400 to that $495. And as soon as I realized how much money I was paying in interest, which was like 18% back then, I said, I'll never do this again. And I have never done it again. Save if you want. And I always save money and bought a new car. That was the first huge car I ever bought, first car I ever bought. From then on, I bought new cars. But I just save up the money to buy them. And when I bank cash for them, you don't have to pay for collision insurance. You don't have to pay for comp or collision if you don't want to, comprehensive or collision insurance, if you pay for the car. It's only when you finance things that you have to buy insurance because you're protecting the bank. They want protection. So um, I never have bought collision insurance, and I've never had an accident where it was my fault. Now, my wife tells me I'm just lucky and. Because I'm not a great driver, <laughs> but but it's just not worth the cost. Anyways. Okay, the market will be closed on Thursday, tomorrow, Thanksgiving. So we have some special best-of-caller uh, podcast questions that we answer. So th- that will be both on Thursday and Friday. And by the way, I still distribute the KPP Premium Newsletter subscribers. It will be going on on Friday. I'll still be working. Don't think I won't. I just won't work as hard. In the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Talk podcasts free, free downloads. So you go to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. You can download it. And you can also rate us if you would. And if you want to listen live, you can hear the program each weekday via real-time streaming through investtalk.com. So click on the Listen Live button. And that is also free. Independent thinking, share success. This is InvestTalk, everybody.
0: Enjoy your holiday. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made